What's up boys and girls, it's your boy Mr. Cool on the mic, welcome back to another episode of the Crystal Tower. The past couple of weeks have seen both the European and North American Water Crystal Cup give us two more of 2019's world competitors, both of them having participated in previous world championship. We're joined today by the UK winner, who's been a guest on the podcast a few times before, is Mr. Joshua Freeman-Birch, how's it going? Hello, it's going pretty good, glad to be here again. Glad to have you. Also, Rob's here. Hey! Uh, yeah. Where was my introduction? It is. I mean, you have to be here. I just can't, can't bother anymore. Obviously, you're just here now. You're kind of like a, exactly. like a bad smell. Not actually a bad smell, but you're like a bad smell. You're just, just here, hanging about. You know. Well. Chilling. Yeah. Well, that it's, is... still, it's still great to have you here, Rob. Like, I'm like, looking forward to some really good choice. insight in the next, in the next few minutes. I don't know if I should be full or not, but. Well, let's, let's 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 find out. You know, I'm, I'm about to you're about to dive into a into a monologue in a few minutes when I talk about a certain card, probably. Oh, yeah. But yeah, here we go. All right. I monologue about why he's not a bad smell. I I'll tell you why I'm not a bad smell. I carry spray with me everywhere. No, so. you said you like a bad smell, not that yep. you are a bad smell. No, but you said it. I'm gonna monologue why I'm not a bad smell. Got got. A... State why I'm not a bad smell. Look, look, we're completely losing the point. This has nothing to do with FFTCG or anything. I'm, I'm sorry I even said it. I just thought, you know, start off with a bit of Rob BM so everyone gets the gets the idea. If there's any new viewers, you know, this is just what happens. I have Rob here, so it's definitely not what I happened. get upset, then I can just, you know, start having a go at you and uh, feel better about myself. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. Anyway, anyway, on the agenda this week... Uh, we've obviously got both Crystal Cups to talk a little about, bit about, and we've got a commentator's perspective as uh, Rob generously bowed out of clapping people with the experts this time around. Uh, I also attended the Japan Cup with Tim from Square Enix a few weeks back, where both of us made it into the top cut in what was a very exciting but challenging format involving two constructed decks and two draft pods. Also, we've had a couple of uh, Opus 9 spoilers regarding the uh, box topper and pre-release promo in uh, Fire Legend, Nail Van Darnus, and Earth Hero, Vincent Valentine. So uh, how's about we start on that to warm things up? Rob, can we start off with a uh, five-minute monologue about why Fire is still going to suck in Opus 9 from you, please, mate? I don't know where I can begin with that, you know. You're telling me you kind of like the card, but you don't like it because it's a Fire card, right? I don't know. That was uh, the case for a lot of it's, us. it's actually really depressing. Yeah. So, I was talking to a friend, and I was telling him a how. Friend, oh, this... you want, is this yeah, yeah. No, I was talking to Chris. I was talking to Chris. Chris I was talking cool. to Chris. Yeah. Hi, and Chris. I was talking about... Yeah. Stop, Chris. So, I was talking about the card. I was trying to like make it sound how it's like really cool. You may you may hit two forwards off here, and Chris was like, "But have you read the um, the o... not OCG version? The the um chapters version." Yeah, the chapters version. And I was like, oh, what's that one do? And it was like, well, it was 7 CP. On entry, it adds a summon. Um, when your opponent activates a summon, it can't be... It's unaffected by summons. And banish three different summons from your break zone, break a forward. And I was just like, oh. Yeah, that was a light card, in fairness. It was, it was a dark card. Oh, yeah, dark card. Yeah, same yeah. thing, yeah. And I, I was kind of... with Sarah, though, so... Yeah, yeah it's very well, true. Yeah. So three summons of different costs. It's not not super easy. I guess probably pretty easy. That was a chapter thirteen card. Yeah. It was like the game was basically dead by that point. They'd basically yeah. It, so. They can they can make anything and everything, right? Yeah. I I I bet that card didn't even see play at the time. I would be yeah, but like, if we had that effect, like, would it see play here? Would it see play now? Well, well yes. With a, cha with a chapter problem. thirteen card, would it see play in Opus Nine? Hmm. I don't know. About that one. Go, go ask these questions. You know, you guys may not may may have been like, I don't like that. I don't like that card. Probably wouldn't play it myself, to be honest, actually. 
<laughs> Can't bring it in with Star Civil. That's already a problem right there yeah. for Josh. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> Looks at the top right number. What's that? You're not six and below? Yeah, but see, this one is six. So, you know, do we have any, any positive thoughts to say about this card in, I guess, Star Civil okay. decks, Josh? Yes. It can remove those dead backups like Echo and Mion and Aparu and the Jido. Yeah, you can Mion it. You can Mion it back to your hand to Star Stable it back in again. I just think I'm that desperate, three. but you know. <laughs> maybe you are. Maybe you just got to that. Point. You got to that point, and you just like, um, no, I need to see the next three cards in the bin. Right. I don't know how good it is though, because six means you always have to discard for it or crack Sybil. And if you like have to discard to play it and then you have to crack backups, you then have to use cards in hand to play more backups. It seems like it's very expensive. It's, it's got that horrible really... issue of bigger fire card where if it was a water card, it would put the, the cards that weren't forward, so the cards you didn't pick at the bottom yeah. of the deck, but the cards you don't pick and let's just go in the bin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like it's assuming you're playing fire, so it thinks, well, if there's other fire cards, you can <laughs> they're going in the bin. In the bin, yeah. Doesn't make a difference if they're in the bin or on the bottom of your deck. <laughs> fire yeah. cards. You don't even want them in your deck anyway. You might just want one like light or dark card in your deck and be like, damn, really needed that one. But like, but like real, real talk. Like, how good is this card? You know, the, the assumption is we won't we either hit two forwards out of three cards, at least two forwards, and then it'd be a, a, a two CP nine K effectively. But let's just say like let's say it doesn't. Let's just say it let's say it didn't have that nine of text or it completely misses. Is the card actually viable in any way, like even off Sybil, just to to clear backups and because and, the, the effects aren't aren't bad. I mean, you know, two backups for eight K, it's it's not great. It's like a kind of Kuja effect that you use when you need to, not just kind of off the cuff kind of thing. Do we think that the, either the, of those effects are good? I mean, is it two backups for eight K your turn only? Uh, I think it's sure either. Okay. I, I mean, like, sorry, like, go it's on, a go fine on. card, but it's like it's competing with other cards for slots and decks is the issue. I don't know if it makes a top fifty card, but like a fifty third, fifty fourth card, a card's definite consideration. Consideration. I mean, do, do, do we do we think this card is actually going to see play in in mono fire, where it's kind of where we always hope things are going to lead with fire cards that they should be able to. I don't know. Again? No, no, that's not a mono fire card. Yeah. Mono fire can't play five backups in the first place. To think about breaking it. Yeah. They, they just need to play in March. That's what they need. But in that, but in that sense, is so. Is there a do you have to kind of be trying to make use of both effects, or can you just think a two a two CP nine K is good, or is it just too random may... to really be reliable? Even if it's a two CP nine K, that's just not very good. Might be good in, in like, all forward deck, you know. Just scar three characters. Well, yeah, we were thinking it was good in a in an Andreas Floria hyper aggro yeah. deck that is guaranteed uh, he might to hit two it. forwards. Yeah, but definitely. then he doesn't make any use out of the backup that's ability. I guess. Well, you, or you can do in the 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 Golbez all forward Golbez deck. It's a two CP draw two. That top to that top to CC. Yeah, I know. I saw it. It was broken. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. It's a solid box. All right, how about how about the Vincent? Because the Vincent's the one I saw. I got a bit excited about that card. I've been waiting for a Vincent that really kind of uh, pushes pushes the envelope for good FF7 cards what's, for a while now. And this the... one seems pretty decent. So, uh, the S ability, it was S ability with Doll? It's, it's two Earth and a Doll, right? I think. Or... Two Earth and a Doll. 
Or what does it deal 8k to a doll forward or just 8k to anyone? That's when it enters. It's its S ability is breaker back is Hecaton share. Breaker back, of course. Remember? Oh, sorry. Right. Yes. Yeah. So the S ability is Hecaton. The yeah. entry is you break one of your own backups to break one of no, do 8k to a forward. Yeah. We don't know if the translation's just messed up or it's like the first auto ability with cost is a bit weird because it says when it enters, get rid of the backup and then afterwards choose the forward yeah. rather than the usual choose a forward, then get rid of the backup. Oh, so yeah. you think this might have a super shaggy ability where it always breaks a backup on entry? Uh, yeah. Basically. No, uh, yeah, yeah, because that's what I was, because that's what I was thinking, like, because it says like, because like you don't have to break a backup, I believe, because it's like you you choose to like break a backup or not, you don't have to. All right, yeah. So the card effect is uh, you may put one backup into the break zone when he comes uh, into into the field. So he's not he's not uh, he's optional, which obviously that he would kind of suck if he wasn't. And then when you do so, choose one doll forward, did eight thousand damage, three CP, seven K, and uh, the zoom ability costs uh, one Earth, one anything, and then and then dull him to break a three or more backup. So uh, yeah, like he just seems like i don't know i look at him he seems insane however the kind of the the ruling works or the translation works with the putting the back of the break zone it just uh yeah like you say get same with same with nail just an easier way to get rid of like a dead backup like mune so you can play more and then also kill a four in the process i like that he doesn't specify an earth backup that's a very good thing because an earth okay. wind your wind backups tend to be the deader ones yeah i think that's really important yeah, normally you expect FF7 cards to have those kind of annoying drawbacks so they become unplayable, but fortunately they've decided uh, that their their main game of the franchise should probably have some good cards now, so that's that's a good start. Yes, yeah, about time, you know? It's about time. Yeah. About time for so, got a playable card. Well, I mean, there are some really powerful FF7 characters in the game currently. There's Genesis, though he's yeah. not in the FF7 game. There's Sephiroth, although Ooh. it's from Kingdom Hearts, the other yeah. And there's Cloud again from Kingdom Hearts, but you know, I, I see, I see where you're coming. From. I see where you tried to say there. Tried to say yeah. that. Sorry, we were basically FF7. Basically, they're work. They're doing their workarounds on FF7 to make it seem like it's broken when it really isn't. Yeah, but this Vincent seems alright. You know? I mean, it's a real shame it says doll, but I can see why it can't say to any forward because that would be a little bit really good for the ECP. 3CP, just kill a forward on entry for 8k. No repercussions outside of get rid of a... I mean, yeah, like, I mean, the, in the early phase. There's, lo there's loads Go of on. backups that just cost zero or just cost one because they're tutors or... Because so there's so many backups you can just, like... Like, how much is that costing, right? You, you're effectively just dumping a backup you have to play. Assuming the backup is, like, a... I don't know, Jesse, right? Or something, just for example. That, that effectively costs one CP, so it's... 3 CP because you you lose the backup so it's 3 CP 8k to a door forward that seems really insane I don't know am I doing the math wrong there no, I think, you're okay I think if it. you ever lose a backup when you're not on 5 it's a bit shaggy but yeah. if you're on 5 and you want the space I think the effect's really good yeah I mean the also... space, how often the, the forwards come out before like people are on mm -hmm. high numbers of backups and if it, if it is against an aggro deck that's not playing any backups you probably don't need the backup as much I don't know hmm well, part of the issue also is it's an FF7 card, and if you want to put it in an actual FF7 deck, that deck's usually pretty aggressive. So in an actual FF7 deck, maybe the effect isn't too useful. But in other types of decks, I can see it being pretty useful. But it's a really it's nice Phoenix target, which I wanted to talk about as well, right? Because you can obviously do it when they attack to get a, to get a sick 2 for one by trading a backup yeah. in. 
We seem strong. Yeah. It's very okay. Alright, anyway. That that'll do for that'll do do for them for now. We think we think Vincent looks like he's got a lot of potential. Nail needs uh needs help, like fire. Like yeah. it's a colour change. Yeah, this is just not the help help we're looking for. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So move on to the Water Crystal Cups now. So again we spoke about this a bit last time, but with the uh, North American one uh, the, their first three Crystal Cups of the year have a uh, top 32 single animation straight after the Swiss portion, which means they don't have draft, and uh, it means that a bunch of uh, X3s make the cut. So in this case, I think that, I think both the tournaments have been uh, seven rounds, so 4-3. Uh, as we said, Colin won, Colin won the last one on 4-3, which you know is fine. He still made it through the top 32. Uh, and this time, uh, Nathan Perez, who uh, qualified for Worlds the past two years, he came second again, like he's actually the most consistent come second player in the world. Uh, he, yeah, he made he made a second place after going four three in the Swiss as well. And then we had the uh, the War Crystal Cup in uh, in the UK in Norwich, where we had uh, X threes make it into the well, yeah, most of the X threes like half I guess half sixty percent make it into the top thirty two after the uh, eight Swiss rounds we had. And then we do four more rounds of draft with single pod. Uh, or a single draft, and then make a top eight out of that, where you have to be uh, a minimum of X3, but uh, you're really only ever safe if you're on X2, where you've got some next-level tiebreakers. So, uh, yeah, uh, Rob, have you have your thoughts on this changed at all? Do you still think draft draft is 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 the way, or do you still think top 32 cut is still not the way to go? Of course not. It's so bad. Like. Like so, I watched I watched day one stream. All right, this sounds yeah, like a guy story. that was. Should I go and make a coffee while you tell a story to the? Yeah, story? you know. Right. Oh, it was an adventure. That, that stream was an adventure. Tur game one, turn one, misplay. I love it, but yeah, game one, turn one, <laughs> literal first card of the tournament. Plays light wall and doesn't check the top five for war of light. It's like that's powerful. Yeah, like... how was that? No table judge, but that's a different story. But what I'm trying to say is, th that guy went undefeated, like undefeated, to go to day two and lose to the 32nd player and gets nothing afterwards. Like, literal nothing. No, 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 like, no, like, double elimination, just nothing. Like, that's just deep. All right. We'll, well, I mean, it makes. It makes the last, what, three rounds of Swiss completely, completely irrelevant. You could literally go X4 and then go home because you know you're going to guarantee top. 4X four, four and go home. <laughs> Sorry, 4X. <four> <laughs> <X4. laughs> yeah, X4, you might as well go home, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I mean, 4X I mean, or whatever, X3. Literally go undefeated, then scoop your last three rounds, and then you'll probably make whatever top cut afterwards because it's just random afterwards. Well, it's because like, you don't get rewarded for. Yeah. Um, Placing highly in Swiss, you don't like get a buy to top sixteen or anything. Yeah, whereas with the draft, you get basically safety nets in the draft. So if you're like a sick constructed player, then uh, you go X one like like Joshua did. Then uh, you can afford to go basically X two in the draft. But yeah, he didn't do that anyway. He went four row because uh, yeah, screw that strategy. Just just smash it. Um, yeah, I was gonna go four row. First pack, pick one. Sheva. Yeah. Next delicious pack to me from my right. Sheva. Delicious. Four row it is. Yeah, okay. Let's 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 move on to the to the UK side then with the draft. 
Okay, so first off, how how good do we think draft is as a way as that extra four rounds, that kind of that that middle factor to separate the top thirty twos, X three, and then ha- you know have this extra extra I don't know mini tournament to to make a top eight? Do we think the way draft is done and uh, just draft for this set for any set is is a good good uh, alternative think- to just knocking people out? I think draft is really good. It's just a shame that Opus Eight is like there's three elements in draft and Opus Eight. <laughs> That's actually true. It's kind of depressing as well. You, you say that. You say that, but you're playing one of the elements that isn't an element, right? You're you're, you're not. You know, obviously you're counting a lightning, ice, and fire. I can only assume, right? I put I put ice, fire, and wind down. But yeah, you can count lightning. Okay, yeah, okay. In which case, that's yeah. Well, so we'll say we'll say wind and lightning are half rele- half an element. Yeah, each. they 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 add to the other. They add to the other elements that are good. Yeah, they are like fire, like fire, ice, fire, lightning. But they, yeah, you get what I mean though. There's like very few options. But in the ice crystal cup, when we were drafting Opus Seven, I felt like you could play almost any combination of colors. I don't know if that's because we had an extra pack that might have helped quite a bit, but um. It just doesn't feel like five packs opus eight. It doesn't feel like there's very much you can do creatively to draft around uh, to make your draft better. All You're right. just kind of hoping that you get past good ice fire, uh, ice or fire cards, basically. Well, that's the thing. Like, so okay, we'll, we'll just draft as a whole. So when I was doing draft in Japan, all right, I beat the guy, mm-hmm. but there he basically there was a guy in the first pod. Who drafted just solely mono water, and I think he had like five or six copies of, of Astrologian, which is a, a 6k 3cp standard <laughs> unit. That, uh, you pay one water, you flip the top card. If it's a water card, it gains 3k. Uh, you can only do that effect once, but that's fine. If you if you actually just manage to draft mono water, that is a really cheap 9k, really powerful in draft attacking every turn. I still beat him because like water's really lacking in everything other than like sort of forward power. Like it has good combat tricks in like Leviathan. It's got prayer for a bit of power reduction to swing the board that way and yeah the astrologian is big dude but yeah the elements are lacking but there are there are ways to do it it's just like i feel like draft is all about like the actual playing the draft isn't the skillful bit it's the actual opening the packs picking what you're you know picking your deck out of those packs and making something coherent whether it's the weaker elements or not because i think at the uh, the ice crystal cup right there was a, a Viet who made it made it into second place, and I think he went. Did he go three one or four zero in draft with mono wind? I believe, right? Yeah, he took mostly mono wind. Yeah, yeah. he kind of did what that mono water guy did and identified that wind was the worst color, so he figured it would be completely free, and just took all the wind cards. And he had like something like five Bartholomews, seven Hopes, and four Illyrias. Yeah. That was his deck. Which is obviously a really smart strategy and something you can employ again with Mono Water, with, with anything really. Like, if you just notice on the table certain colours aren't being picked, maybe you draft a legend of, of a weaker colour that's that's really good. I mean, I can't really... There aren't... And the War Legends are actually just, just flat the worst in this set, unfortunately. But, yeah, there's just... You, you, you sort of... The table is what you make of it. Like, if you try to aggressively draft Fire or Ice... And the people on your right and left just aren't having it, and the packs you get just aren't giving you premium cards off off the bat. Then you, you're going to fail. But if you uh, change the strategy up, whether it be on the second pack, third pack, and start drafting uh, the extra element or switch your elements up entirely, uh, you can you know end up with a deck of a weaker element, but still lots of really good cards. I mean, I want to talk about about your deck here, of course, uh, which has, uh, as you say, the the two Shivas. Now, 
like I look at it, I'm like, yeah, you got some solid forwards. You got the three Umro. Uh, Celeste is okay, not obviously not as strong because you don't have that much FF6, but it's decent. And you got a few big guys uh, like Onion Knight, Selkie, but really, there's nothing. There's nothing mad in this deck. Would you agree? The triple Umaru is pretty. Is pretty mad. Okay, yeah, you, you got yeah, you got one big guy. It's mad in every turn. But do you feel like you, Shiva was like just the, the the key? A lot of the games, I feel okay. My game against Jamie on stream, I feel like I had to have Shiva to win. But I played the way that I did because I opened with Shiva. My opening. Yeah, so you just but hold on for to some of the other games and get into that position. Some of the other games, I don't think Sheva was necessary for me to win, but it definitely helped me come up with a long-term game plan. You just go, cool, so I'm just going to trade damage Sheva and then win. It made it a lot simpler. Yeah, that. I mean, there aren't that many cards. I'm trying to think of what cards, apart from, like, Veritas and saying stuff like that, that just, you, you look at it and you're like, well, I can win if I play a certain way like this. There aren't many cards that do that outside of outside of the Legends, right? Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, outside of the Legends, there weren't very many that do that. So when you when you sat down in your pod, uh, what what were you thinking going in? Were you thinking like, okay, I want to get ice if I can, or you were okay? You said you got you got Shiva pack one, and you said okay, obviously then you're gonna no matter what get some kind of ice and put it in your deck. Uh, well, how, how when did... I got Shiva, when I got Shiva pack one and got past Shiva, I knew for a fact that on my right ice is completely free, so I know I'm doing that. But originally, my plan was to play Earth. Because I figured not too many people would take Earth, and Earth is okay-ish. If you get the Noctis and stuff, right? I was just going to take a bunch of Moogle Knight. Take Moogle Knight. <laughs> Moogle Knight. I think it's powerful. <laughs> like, because tell you well, now. The set is about 3 drop 7Ks. And Moogle Knight, you know, you need an 8K to kill Moogle Knight. So I thought it was in a good position to play it. But, no. If you get given Shevers, you're going to take them. So if, yeah, if we look at if we look at the win portion of that, it's actually pretty minimal. It's actually you managed to somehow drop yes. nearly mono ice, and then you got some yeah. you got some good removal there. Uh, a few good forwards like archers are really nice. Three drop seven k. Well, I was stuck on my second element for a while. I wasn't sure what it was going to be, but I said to myself, if I see death gaze or Alexander, I'm just going to force wind because that means that on that rotation nobody's taking wind. Because if you're playing uh, wind cards and you see death gaze or Alexander, you're just going to take. Them. There aren't like there aren't better win cards in the set. And so eventually I got past an Alexandra, and I was like, okay, so I guess it's free. Turned out it was free. And what, at what point in the, what, what point in the draft did that happen? Was that, that still in pack, pack one three. or pack pack three? Wow, okay. So you would, you would So what were the other... So obviously you've got 40 cards here, I assume. What were the other cards that didn't make the cut, cut looking like? Um, So I had to take every single forward, except for Sid... High wind, he almost made the cut, but I, I just couldn't bring myself to place it. High wind and draw. Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes. Um, okay, it's probably not the way to go. The other card that didn't make the cut, there were two more copies of Sophia, which I didn't put in. But other than that, I played every card that I took of my color because I was so split between my um, previous colors. Yeah, I don't know so if it's much. deliberate looking at the backups or just just the way it worked out. But did you like deliberately try not to pick too many of named backups that weren't like super decent, like uh, like Waltrill and Setzer? Oh yeah, I purposely didn't pick very many backups. Uh, and you, did you I go I in? Past some... Cutis. So like, I, yeah, I got past multiple Cocutus, but I I kind of wanted to take a second, but at the same time, I would just rock. It was like between Cocutus and the four CP Sheva EX at one point. 
And while the Cacutus is like technically a better card, if I ever just draw two of that, I'm going to be so sad. So I just put the Shadow EX. Yeah, I've had that a couple of times. Drafting Lightning, it's like I get a lot of Alpha Nords and I think I want to take multiple mm. Alice, but I'm like, if I if I just draw the Alice and then if I ever see another one, I'm going to be upset. So, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you you said you didn't pick many backups, I guess deliberately, but yeah, it draft is all about picking picking the good cards, right? And backups normally on the good cards. So did you try and exclusively pick forwards uh, whenever you could, and just kind of hope backups would come when the sort of packs were drying up a bit later on? I, I picked forwards because whenever I could, because I just didn't have very many forwards. Like I said, the only other forward was a Sid Highwind that I could play. Yeah, I guess I'm already the in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, like you see Imperio made the cut. Like, I was really stru uh, struggling for forwards. But most of the time, I was ending up taking the um, what's called the summons and monsters. It took a lot of monsters. Is that why you took the double sets, or just to add back the, like, Amara and Sellers, just so you can replay them again if you hit set sorry X burst? is pretty insane as well, right? Yeah. Like, need the, the Amaro to go back on the field to attack. Yeah, Amaro is the key thing in almost every ice draft of uh, your key forward in almost every ice draft because he's just so big did you ever feel like uh, i think I, when i play against the Mario's a lot in draft i i actually target it as like uh I, I guess it depends on what i'm playing with like i had a draft this weekend where i was on uh lightning fire which is obviously pretty good anyway so i didn't have to worry too much but whenever they would play umaro uh I, I would be able to force it into a situation where the Umaro attacks a return. I should ice in there as well, but yeah. Uh, force the Umaro to attack a return and then kind of focus my removal or doles or whatever on the other forwards. And then I could like win a damage race that way because the Umaro is never blocking. So I'd be able to get through kind of cheap stuff. Did, it, did anyone ever, ever manage to kind of take advantage of that? Or did they always try to like kill the Umaro? Um, the one time that it, somebody could have taken advantage of that was my final round. But as you see, I've got so many removal cards, they just couldn't attack anyway. So it was just a case of literally... Because like whenever, whenever they attack to open them up to their forward being removed by the Shadow, the Black Mage, the Chaos Walker, etc. There was so much. So it was but in a deck that's not lucky enough to get as much removal as I did, that's definitely a way to play around the Yomaru. So was it more of a case of just, just play the Yomaru you know, probably as early as turn two and just attack, attack, attack and remove anything they play? Or Dole freeze it with Shiva and just get six damage that way. Exactly. Just play the Umaro as soon as possible. Yeah, I guess. You I... want to like back up into Umaro plus backup, then use one of your backups to pay for Umaro and play another three drop, and from there you're pretty set. Yeah, I guess the Palom makes a lot more. Like I had a Palom in, in one of my decks and it just wasn't doing much. But I guess in this spot where again you're looking for you're just removing your opponent's stuff, a cheap dude that's like stopping a damage race or forcing discards and stuff like that seems pretty powerful time mage as well always a always a solid card just uh yeah anything to kind of, i guess stop them outrunning you on the damage exactly like time mage just three drop 7k it's good enough but sometimes it wins the game oh the card that you can't really see next to onion knight is finna yeah i would put a high priority on finna to anyone drafting it yeah, yeah say. definitely it's 2 cp 7k right like it's the only Sheva protection in the game outside of water cards in Opus 8. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, no other, that as well. Yeah. There's no other Sheva protection. If you ever see it and you're playing Wind, not only is it a 2-drop 7k, 
that goes down to potentially a one drop seven k. Yeah, like the Shev forward, then attack with the Fina, and then use the last CP get up from the Fina to remove something, maybe. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just good. All right, what were your, I guess, what what were your matchups like? Do do you feel like how do you feel like your table overall was was doing with the draft? Like, I I guess you didn't see probably any fire. Probably someone on your right and left was uh, was doing fire. Did you did you oh, feel like the matchups you played against you expected? Yeah, Callum went fire. Yeah. He went 4-0 with Fire Lightning as well. So it was kind of lucky. Well, not lucky, but you know what I mean? Like, it was it was smart drafting because we both ended up on the opposite end of the uh, good color spectrum. But um, there was some pretty crazy decks. Like, on the other side of the table to me, somebody had two Light Rains in their deck. Like, that's just oh, insane. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. I just... He got given a light rain and he opened a light rain as well. Wait, I think it was given a light rain. Exactly. How did yeah. you get given a light rain? Someone passed him a light rain and then he opened the light rain. What did you? What? What was the other card he picked? Veritas? Like what? It could have been Veritas, yeah. though. It can. Exactly. I don't understand what the other card could have been to take priority over a card that says if you play this, you get to attack until the game right. ends. Like, like it's impossible for it to have been. Like, I don't think they would have put two legends in the well, same no, pack. It's meant to be randomly done, but yeah, whatever. The idea, yeah, the idea is there should be no card. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess there are definitely instances where you could take advantage of of having someone fairly weak on your right and left. I guess. Yes, that was definitely the case because the same player like me was past Sheva. It's like. I mean, if people are passing this card around. Yeah, something, something I wondered as well. Moving from from six pack down to five, and I guess I guess the original was was four back when it first started. Is that you actually, with an odd number of packs, you draft more with the person on your right than you do with the person on your left. Which, uh, I guess, it mm. doesn't like matter overall. It just it's quite interesting how how much of a big deal it makes to your deck if the person on your right is either a weaker drafter or just not on your colors at all. So you just get past, like, well, that's... an extra pack worth of good cards. Yeah, th that's a really good thing. That's a really good thing to know. Because, like I said, when I got past the Chevra, I knew it was completely free. So I'm obviously going to take Ice, because three out of my five packs, I'm going to be past good Ice cards. It's crazy, you though. Shiva, like, even if you're not planning to go yeah. to Ice. Like, because it's a weird one, because the way Crystal Cups work in that counter picking is not as crucial because uh you're not guaranteed to play against the same people in your pod even like the way it's seated it's meant like so there was someone on pod two who would play uh, play against someone in pod one but he had to be seated far enough away to not be involved in the draft and he was in a completely different pod anyway but like even then you know you know the person on your like right and left on your table is x1 there's a good chance you play against them like round two or three and you, you're happy to just give, give a shiva so you know what was even in that pack Round one, you're guaranteed to play somebody on your table. You should always be playing the person four yeah, seats four, away from four you. Seats away, yeah. The opposite. So you still always hurt the person that you play round one to some degree if you take. Yeah. Them. But I guess you're not really hurting the person you play round one if you pass a Sheva because the Sheva shouldn't make it four yeah, seats yeah, yeah, round. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You should never be, be like you should only really be drafting on the, on the people to your right and to the person on on their right right like two two the, the people two, spaces, two to your right and left are the people yeah. you're actually drafting with realistically because but I, I i don't know i think like when you open a pack and you see take it. yeah there's a, there's a certain i think there's just a certain priority list that that people going in will have and then there's 
just people who who just maybe didn't even, didn't even expect to make it that far and didn't practice draft and they just mm. they didn't see Shiva as an auto pick threat. There's like there's at least five non legends you could easily say I'm not letting someone else have this and they're the only real difficult decisions in in those cases where you get multiple of them in the same pack. Like I had one pack <laughs> one pack on on Sunday when I was playing with a Laswell, an Archangel GK, and an Archangel HM. <laughs> and you're like well, that pack was insane yeah that pack was nuts i was like oh yeah like he came to me and i was like what did people take that made it so that this pack still had the cards it had wait wait what did it still have a gk or hm i took the gk (laughs) i took the gk because i took the laswell right and rob's basically on the opposite side of the table on me so i have no idea how a gk because like (laughs) That pack as well, because it, it went, you passed it to the left, right? I passed it to the right, I think. I passed it to John. Yeah, I passed it to John, and John got to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I took a GK from that. And that was like a quite a bit of people, because it was That's John. That's where the Archangel hard mode went. went to John. There was five, yeah, there was five people that, that went around. I'm sure I took the GK in that pack. Well, that pack was just nuts in general. Yeah, if you're, if you're wondering, uh, I, t- I took the Laswell. Uh, if you're yeah. wondering about Laswell, Laswell is the... I would probably say, like just okay, just not counting legends. Legends are broken. Is is the best non-legend card you can draft, and it also happens to be in the best color combination as well. So uh, yeah, if ever you see a Laswell, even if you're not on ice or fire or anything, just don't let someone else have a card like that. Like it's cards like that, cards like Shiva. There's quite a few ice cards and fire cards that just shouldn't be making their way around the table. I mean, like if you take two Shivas, you might as well just play ice as well at this point. Yeah, I mean, I see it. Yeah, I see it. Pack one. I, if, if it's my pack or it gets passed to me, I'm taking it, and I'm going to make an effort to put some amount of ice in my deck just because I might, you know, play a Shiva and win a game that way. I mean, that's mm. what I did for this weekend. I saw like two Moogle Knights. I just decided I'm making a Moogle Knight deck. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, w- I wasn't even convinced like I was going to play ice, but I was like, this that Laswell's is busted card, so I put a bit of ice in my deck and it won like nearly every game comfortably like whenever i saw it because it's just that insane i had combos with like electric jellyfish where i play a laswell dole free something and then electric jellyfish to dole free something else and you kind of can't ever win as josh said you need cards like fina i think the finas both finas are like the only way to do that outside of fairy in water but yeah no one's really playing water anyway uh yeah i guess that will do that will do for draft uh, for for now, let's talk a little bit about the constructed portion where you brought Earthwind, your kind of signature Yuri Angers deck that you've been playing since like time immemorial or you know when it came out. Um, 15 backups this time around. Obviously, you've already done a little report where you explained uh, basically there are loads of good forwards that you can play in the in these in this kind of color combination and uh, backups don't deal damage to your opponent's life total is basically the kind of consensus there. Um, after playing 15 backups did you did you like how did it how did it go with 15 throughout the tournament because that that's what not really what was explained do you remember much about how your your opening hands went and did, did you just did you just draw the nuts every game i could i could i could definitely answer that question for you well, i don't want i don't I want you to want, answer it i want him to i answer know it. but it's funny i want to hear rob's answer all right <laughs> josh josh basically drew five cards Saw a Star Civil and didn't actually acknowledge anything else. I bet you that was majority of his hand because he just knew that if he mulliganed the Star Civil, I mean, 
He was, he was never drawing anything play. As long as there's no dark card in the hand, you can keep Star Civil plus any other four cards in your deck. To That's a lie. Every time Josh was on stream, he saw two dark cards start up in his hand. Every time. Yeah, yeah. But the biggest bane for me over the weekend was the dark cards. Jeez, Dark Finner was better than them because I can discard that to get plus two CP. She even has dark in but, her name. That's what's funny. Exactly. But, yeah, but for the 15 backups over the course of the tournament, it's generally fine. There were obviously there's going to be there were a couple games where it was just abysmal. The opening hands could do basically nothing. But even if I'm playing 17 backups, it's still going to happen at least once over the course of the tournament. I mean, so maybe like... it happens once more because of it. But the the real advantage I thought to playing the 15 backups specifically that I played was that if you do brick and draw unplayable, um, when you unbrick. The deck becomes so much more online than the regular 17 backup lists do. I feel I'm so much more favored than they are when I start to un unclog my hand than um, they would be if they bricked and then they started trying to. It's like, if, if you're unclogging your hand in the type of deck that, uh, in the, the kind of 17 backup Earthwind stuff, if you're unclogging your hand and you're playing like, a Moogle 11, for example. That's actually just not doing anything. But if you're unclogging your hand and you're playing a Mio and it's getting you to the next card, it's getting you closer even further to being in a better position. That's just going to do so much more for you. Like, I realize as well, playing the deck in Ghent, and I know I was only playing 16 backups, and like, I think before, the only other time I played this deck was in um, Euros. Like, I just realized, like, after a while, when you start, when the deck actually starts moving, your draws aren't just, aren't actually as bad as what you think they are when you start your turn by, like, discarding three to play a Star Sybil, or, like, you discard three to play, like, a Minfilia, but the other two cards aren't backups. Like, the deck starts, like, rolling into motion after, like, turn three and four of, like, the, um, like of just like of the bad backups and I think that's one of the like the high points of the deck is like the deck just has like it's like playing Reggie Gigas, you just have a slow start. And then like <laughs> Reggie Gigas <laughs> But that's that's what I'm thinking of. It's Reggie Gigas, you have a slow start and then like if anyone doesn't know, Reggie Gigas is a Pokemon with the ability slow start that means his stats get halved for the first five turns he's in play and if he lives that long then it becomes immense but yeah that, that's yeah okay. yeah that's basically how the deck works if you you're, if you're stuck if you're bricked and like your first five turns after your first five turns you actually just get back into the game there's like so many times where like the deck would sit there after like taking a beating and then just turn the game around and you just wonder like like i swear i was winning like you just wonder like how's this deck actually doing so well it's because it's just got so much like combat mechanic in it and like as josh would say all the good cards are on top of the deck so it's impossible to lose to, an to answer the actual question um 15 backups you will feel it a couple more times over the course of the tournament than if you're playing 17 but it is a high roll deck and if you high roll you're, you're gonna do it's gonna play so much better than if the other um versions of the deck the other thing is, even if you low roll at the start, the moment you start to hit your high roll, it's going to shoot up in terms of power a lot. Also, it just kind of didn't feel like I was playing 15 backups most of the games. It was only occasionally, actually. I actually felt like I 
like it honestly felt like I was playing 18 a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, I tried out uh, you know, after after seeing that, I built a similar similar version of this deck, but because I, I hate Dad Luma, uh, I decided to cut Dad Luma and also cut cut the Fiends so I could play some Warrior Darkness package, a bit like you're playing uh, earlier in the format, a smaller one with just like one knocked and mainly focused on just Diana value. With 15 backups in it, I was like, this a go. And uh, I just had like, just I just had most of the games I played that during that little session. I just I drew backups and I was like, wow, I'm like turn, I know six. I had like three backups left in the deck and it was insane. I was like, wow, okay. And then I then I yeah. then I switched more like this and put Dad Luma back in. And then I had a few games at Rob where I drew five games without any backups. So it was a bit weird, but. Uh, that's probably because Rob was cheating. Uh, like he oh, wow, is it now? Uh, but, yeah, also it was the case that the cards I, like, cut backups for, I wasn't drawing those cards anyway. So it was like, when I was bricking, I was just bricking anyway, and having the extra two backups wouldn't have helped because they weren't have been the cards I was drawing because I was just opening, like, double Diablos and a Phoenix with some absolute air, and it'd be like, all right this sucks but yeah that's kind of what what the deck's like it's got this this sick late game it just kind of needs to get there and then there, there are just some games where like if you just open semi and star symbol you don't want any more backups in your deck to begin with so uh there's like you know most of the backups you draw from that point on aren't particularly good so uh yeah yeah that's that's a good point actually when you're talking about how even if you had the extra two backups they probably wouldn't have helped you like, imagine if you just have, like, more minor or something and you draw a minor. It's the same position. Yeah. Even if you just draw a single, like, I don't know, say an archer, and you play an archer, you've got a backup. But the backup, like... Yeah, it's letting you play your Zidane or Ishtola next turn on curve. That's all it's do doing, really. Yeah, exactly. It's saving you, like, one CP. Maybe it gives you a bit more CP over the next few turns. But you get what I mean. What you really want is you want to find that Star Sibyl or that Mion and start really digging through your deck. You don't want to just be sitting on one backup doing. Yeah, and, talk, and talking about that star symbol, Rob did mention it earlier. But did you ever actually look at hand with a star symbol in it and no other backup and think, "Yeah, I'll keep this." Of course. <laughs> See. Like no, every no, time no. you didn't have a dark card, would you do that? Yes. You, you, the, you the just star have to accept. So important. You just so have the to star symbol. The star symbol searches semi Lafina, right? Right. So you go symbol semi turn one, okay? This then turns the other two star symbols in the deck and the three Meons into like the nut draw. Gives you like five more nut draws. You get what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. So, yeah, for, for the people at, people at home who might be trying this out, like sometimes you just got to look at a hand that looks absolutely awful and, and keep it. I mean, like you're, you're committing one extra card to the star symbol, but the idea is with the star symbol, like you, you, you still play these four CP cards that search backups like Norse Talon and Wind uh, for example so you're paying one extra card but you get that on the premise that you can at some point break the star symbol to get to get bonus value because the star symbol will end up bringing out some some big forward like you know something sick like a Veritas for uh, for, for a very cheap cost so it it, en it evens out in the long in the long term all that really matters is you get the backups down in the first place you get something down so you can just start playing more cards and you, you can just top deck a lot of a lot of good cards like yeah we go the, the star symbol semi it's in the wrong order but then we draw an, another backup uh play that uh even just playing a, a dad luma it's like if it doesn't get immediately hit by veritas or something you've just got something that's pressuring them something they have to deal with use resources on so you know there are worse things in the universe 
it's it's because it gives you the high roll on for the future cards. It, it's about turning on Mion, Minor, Minfilia, the other Star Civils. It's about making those all super live top decks. That's why I would keep the um Sybil. Yeah. Because it, it's turning a lot of my deck into if you draw this at any point in the next two, three turns, you're gonna be really ahead, even though you're behind now at the start. Yeah, so if you did want to try out this deck, anyone listening, uh, yeah, you've got to go into it with a kind of different mindset than you're used to. Keep hands that, you know, in other decks you wouldn't keep because they can, they, they make the rest of your deck better. This this kind of deck, uh, so a lot of decks that, that do well are decks that kind of, like, not only are you playing FFTCG, but FFTCG is also a, a deck building game. You know, a lot of the cards you play down onto the board, backups especially, are... Uh, basically adding lines of text or improving the text of cards in your deck like you know when you play the the anthem buffers the the, the three cv backups or even maria that give plus 1k you're actually giving every forward in your deck an extra plus 1k so it's, it's sort of increasing the cp value so these investments uh in the early game as expensive or awkward as they might seem uh effectively make your later turns cheaper i want to say as a simple way to put it yeah, that's a very good way of putting it it's about making it so it's about the deck synergizing with itself rather than just the hand that you have yeah um all right rob let's hear from you a bit talk about the, no. the commentary you you did a, a little commentary with me for a uh, for uk nats 2 as it was called the the dark sphere mega regional uh, i i call it from back in <laughs> 2017 yeah uh which was obviously quite quite different to judging a crystal cup where uh, you're not allowed to say words like bin or trash or what, what was the let's start off what was the can't, ban list of words you weren't allowed say, to say so you can't i can't i couldn't say bin couldn't say busted couldn't say broken can't say batter i think there's another b word a b word any word that implies that rob's having fun not allowed. <laughs> basically but yeah had to had to tone it down. I did say bin once on stream though. Wasn't I? We're all allowed one or two slips. Say bin once. I was referring to the break zone. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, you just call it the bin. Yeah, because I'm so used to calling it the bin. So on stream, I was like, oh, look, he's going to put that card in the bin break zone. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not even like a, a, a bad term in that spot. Like, if you say you put your opponent in the bin, then, yeah, it doesn't sound great. Yeah. You just use break zone as bin. Yeah, graveyard, break zone, discard, yes. pile, whatever. You know, you get the idea. Drop yeah. zone. Yeah, it's just the thing. But it was just because I said bin, and I was like, oh, I said bin on stream. That doesn't seem pretty healthy. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad in the end. So, as for the actual commentary, you started off round one with the legendary Andreas Florio, who oh finished in two and a half flat, which was the worst thing ever. But let's just not talk about that, because that's sad, because two and a half minute game, and then nothing after it was... What even happened after the game? Did you just sit there with Tush having... No, 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 no. Tim went up to them and asked them to play an exhibition match. An exhibition match? How long yeah. did that one take? Three minutes? Oh, oh no, no. The guy <laughs> then realised what he was playing against and actually got forwards. No, it wasn't even that he realised what he was playing against. Just that game, he just drew no forwards. Yeah, yeah, like, sorry, yeah. I mean, I was able to watch it back because two and a half minutes out of my day isn't that deep. It's a normal half an hour game. True. Like, oh my god, it was so... De- like, you just kind of like, oh boy, I'm on stream, I'm gonna... My Earth Water deck, and I didn't even get to play a card. <laughs> didn't get to play, didn't get to do anything. It was like watching one of those fighting games where your opponent just puts you in a loop. Oh, you just didn't yeah, get yeah. to play. But it's, didn't get to... Sick, right? 
Poor guy gave off his weekend to come down to Norwich to play at the Water Crystal Cup. This down round one plays against Andreas. Two minutes 50 seconds. Dream's dead. Two minutes 30 seconds. It's like Andreas heard me. I said to Tim, oh, don't. It's going to be five minutes. And probably Andreas heard it was like five minutes. I could do better than five minutes. And it was so weird because Andreas just went, Archangel HM score. No fear at all for anything that his opponent could have had. <laughs> yeah. He basically bricked. He actually basically bricked. It wasn't great. Yeah. And then, like, next thing you know, attack. Attack or Archangel. Just three damage. And his opponent's just looking at his hand like, why are none of these forwards? I th- you well, said he not... won even before he'd even played the Tifa down. You just knew. Now, Andrew is going to have Tifa here. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. I just knew he's won. And, like, it was like, no, he hasn't won yet. I was like, no, look, look. Tifa's off the top. He just draws the Tifa, puts the Tifa down, and that was the game. Yeah, traumatic experience. What can, what can we say? As for the rest of it, so there were there were eight Swiss rounds. Uh, how, did, yeah. how did the other seven rounds go? And you know, Rob, I want you to kind of be honest. What did you What did you think? You know, we're in a safe space here. Somewhere, safe space. Safe space. Uh, okay, well, I'm not gonna lie. Is it really a safe space though? Aren't you just gonna riff into him? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's safe, safe in a different sense. It's never safe. It's never safe for me. It's like, it's like he's a poor little lamb, and then with two wolves, like, it's a safe space. <laughs> no, I, I won't lie. Some of the games I watched were kind of dumpster. Like the 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 ongoing the ongoing the, the ongoing meme of the day was watch my seven k attack into an eight k. I think Josh yeah. did that once, didn't he? Yeah, Josh did yeah. that. Oh, my God. Infected. The screen table just yeah. was, had a disease. It, just, it was also it. funny, because when you see Josh's hand movements, you can see the bit where he goes to do the tap for, like, um, semi-Lafina. He gets a little bit irritated, because he realizes there's an earth, and just angrily throws the beer and the minfilia into the bin. Yeah, it panned out well. <laughs> it was funny. It was just like, attack, he blocks, and Josh is like, hmm... Now I'm going to ping this Yuri and oh wait, I just lost two cards for no I reason. I like that's the first time you've seen me just do something <laughs> like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> last year, beginning of the year. Attack with Tifa, block with lock. They're the same. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, I didn't even say oh. I just, put, I just, I just kind of nodded and put it in the bin. Like, it was part of my plan. I mean, there's, there's worse things than that, right? I mean, at least the board yeah. did trade in that Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, but, no, no. Wait, wait, oh yeah, yeah. It was just funny. The game was over if the lock attacked. <laughs> <laughs> it was just funny, like, and just, it was just, it was just that game. Like, loads of people kept doing it, and it was like, why, why, why are you doing this? And then, like, when Josh attacked, yeah, I was just like, cool. he's just forgotten about this Aerith card. I forget about Aerith quite a bit. I don't play against her enough. Yeah, it's basically Minwoo, but I guess Minwoo it's is funny. Kind of a bit more attuned to tuned to knowing what it does when you see it. Oh, speaking of Minwoo, like it's I weird, know because we... I remember the Minwoo more than the Aerith. For the Aerith, yeah. I always think about the Untapped Five and doesn't. Yeah, that's what that's what I remember. I remember the Untapped Five and she takes two less damage. I just forget about the Minwoo effect. Yeah, <laughs> there was loads of Minwoos on the NA stream actually. So many false prophets. I just yeah. wanted to say that. Yeah, same. Yeah, but yeah, um, like there was a lot of weird things I saw. Like, this, this, uh, I enjoyed talking. I liked. You enjoyed watching. talking. Well, thank you, Captain Obvious. Oh, I thought you said this was a safe space. Exactly. <laughs> Why would this be in a safe space? Can this be edited? <laughs> no. To, to save your dignity, we should edit that bit out. No. Everyone's gonna now know you're a liar. 
Anyway, so were there any particularly enjoyable games you watched in, in the Swiss portion? Uh, well, I can't be biased and say all of the games that Josh played. Because I would be very... One, I don't care. I would be very biased. I like watching Salim's fire, fire water deck. That deck was angry. <laughs> yeah. I also like the bit where Josh drew playable game three. And then Salim was like, no, I need to be dead. <laughs> and Josh went from... I, I don't think that was actually his thought process. His thought process that was, was definitely like, his thought started off with, wait, shit, I don't have any backups. I better kill him. <laughs> it was just funny because Josh, Josh's hat looked so nice on curve and then Salim was just like two, two, two forwards and a two forwards and a selfie, and a selfie. Jesus Josh was like I had the hand I had the, the good hand for going for a slow deck I was like good build to five backups guarantee the win as soon as I draw a thinner and he was like what if you just die on turn three yeah also, also it was funny as well watching Salim played into the thinner because I was talking to him afterwards and he was just like, I just forgot that he put it back into his hand. Oh, and I mean, I'm the yeah, uh, he just he was telling me he's like, no, I just forgot. I was like, oh, he thought, he thought his problem had just vanished. Yeah, he left the boy, he was like, yes, someone wants to win this one. It's been it's disappeared. <laughs> it's disappeared. Yeah. for the thinner. Also, also another thing as well. Actually, that was actually one of the depressing things was watching Sephiroth just take people's lives away. Like watching, I think I watched one game where it was like Ice Water versus Ice Earth. That the Ice Earth player went Sephiroth, then the Ice Water player cleared the Sephiroth, then played his Sephiroth, and Ice Earth cleared the Sephiroth back and played another Sephiroth, and it was just <laughs> like, it was just like, like, like what are you guys doing? <laughs> Leave each other's hands alone. Play the it's game. Exception. It's like, it just after watching that weekend, it just made me realize Sephiroth is just a very unhealthy card. Like, it's like one of those like heart attack cards. It's just gonna Seth's give. That's actually a... the reason that I have Death Gaze in my deck. Yeah, you just like when they play a separate when they play a Sephiroth, you just Death Gaze and go, nah, none of that. You either play the next one or Death Gaze. You just carry on playing. <laughs> yeah, you need to stop. Start again. <laughs> yeah, because like. Like, you just head to the Renault or Shadow Flare top deck. Yeah, you just, you just uh, like that's why like Zidane's just like three now. It's just like you see them play one ice card. You play Zidane now. It's like I just need to know if it's in your hand or not. Like yeah, I just need one. You just have to. Yeah, I just need to know if it's there. If you don't, if you don't see it, you me own it back for the next time. It's like I'll find out next turn. You have to now when play I it. To, I did that turn one against Joe in a Swiss. But he had two Sephiroths in his hand, and I was. Oh. Well, was you like, just discarded two to play it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. You know he's playing ice. No, discard no, two. No, he didn't do that deliberately, Rob. What? I'm assuming he knows he's playing ice, so he just discarded yeah. two to play Seth. He didn't right? know he was playing ice, <laughs> but I saw my opening hand had Mion and Zidane. I was like, that's probably good enough. It's tough oh. to do for the first three turns. <laughs> but then I saw two Seth, and I was like, ah, oh, I nearly blind hard countered your deck. <laughs> you're so good you drew two no uh, that is the sad part when they draw two i didn't even take the seth <laughs> he just left it he just like just... take a different card now you need it clearly yeah seth seth is a funny card when they hit two cards it comes it comes and like if it goes back to your hand or something you just may, may or may not ever play it again but it's just it's just the power of it being able to go yoink those are mine now Taking two cards is just really unfun. 
And what about what about the draft portion? Was there any particularly interesting stuff happening during commentary for that? Uh, that sick watching Dumaru right into Garland. That must have been broken. I mean, watching Garland nine gave me PTSD. To be fair, but yeah, that was it. I mean, sad sometimes. I I really do. I really hate that card. I actually really just hate that card. Just comes down, and you just sit there going. Well, now my entire plan's ruined. Just, just, just. Was that it? No, that, that's all yeah, that's it. That literally is just it. It's it does two things. It either ruins your entire plan, or it's like, well, I don't want to. It's just it basically says, well, I don't really want. It ruins your entire plan, or you have a cactus on the board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or it just says that I, I, like, I feel like when your opponent plays Garland nine. It's going to ruin your day, or it's just, I can't really play. So I'm hoping you can't play either, so we cannot play for, like, a certain amount of turns. And you're sitting there going, but I really want to play. It sounds like a great way to play a fun card game, yeah. By not playing the fun card game. Yeah, exactly. It slows the game down for so many... It's just stuck there for so long. It's like, please go away. I don't really want to deal with this card. Alright, uh, quickly, one thing I was meant to ask about, the Earth-Wind deck, uh, obviously Dad Luma in there times three with the character, he's got the natural combo, obviously we're talking about how, how the backups are and how you've got all these cool high roll strats and then you've got, you've got Phoenix and the Noctis combos, but really, is Dad Luma still the core of the deck, do you think this deck as it is right now, or with maybe a couple of tweaks if Dad Luma didn't exist or you know got banned or got all the copies got burned in the universe, uh, would the deck still be good? God, I hope all the copies are burned. It's so sick to watch. Um, no, I, I, I mean, to be honest, right now, the core of the deck is Cecil and Noctis. They're, they're, the, they're the real big hitters. Oh, yeah. Deadaluma's, like... The only reason I still include Deadaluma is because he's a Finna combo piece. So you don't like, actually think was, he's that good? If Finna was an out set, I wouldn't play him. He wasn't in my previous ish, uh, versions of the deck. But once I put Finner into the deck, I put Dadaluma back in. Actually, it was really cool explaining the Noctis-Cecil interaction. It was just upsetting that your opponent didn't have more forwards on. Because otherwise, if there's no Dadaluma, you can you can completely cut Dadaluma from this deck. You won't miss him too much. You go over to 3-Layer, 2-Cactuar. You keep the Cactuar because you need the Noctis enabler. And there's no better way to turn on Noctis. And you're good to go. It's just right now with the Finna, I think he's really, really, really potent. Especially against Mono Wind. If you can take if you can line up Cecil to take away the um Aerith from them. And then you're free to use the mm. Finna plus Dadaluma stuff to clear Yuri, Chalinka, and Bards. Like just clear whatever nonsense they've got lying around once they're vulnerable without Aerith. So you think it's it's a useful card to have and it's helpful in certain particular matchups, but not particularly mandatory. Like it it's not mandatory. It's just he's a really good Finna combo piece, and Finna's kind of creeping in towards being uh, part of the core of the deck now. Do you think you would always play might... one? Play one, sorry, that Aluma. Yeah. Um. Could play one. I mean, one's fine, right? You play it out, you get your two for one within. It's a fine removal card. Yeah, it's just it's just this this kind of deck. You're allowed to play one ofs and two ofs just because it's so easy to recycle them. I guess with uh well harder with four drops. I guess because you've only really got one minor and Mephilia. But yeah, in theory, 
If you need to get a card back, you can get it back at some point. Yeah, you can generally get a card back. Right, uh, I guess... Oh, yeah, I wanted to talk a bit about the, the Japan Cup format in particular. Because, uh, yeah, so for me going over to Japan, aside from the fact that I was horribly jet-lagged, I didn't get much sleep on the plane, uh, the, the format itself was actually really quite challenging because uh, you had to have two decks built for it was a, it was a two deck format event but this time it went uh, instead of the way euros was done with best of three uh the swiss portion was you play deck a uh three times in a row and then you play deck b for the other three rounds then you do uh two separate pods of draft with the top 48 players uh and then each draft is three rounds uh, you only play against players in your pod for a total of 12 rounds and uh, yeah it's just a really enjoyable experience getting to play against the Japanese anyway but also just getting to play this kind of unique format rather than just going in with one deck doing that playing a top cup so on and so forth uh, would people you know or would people would you guys think this is a format you'd like to see uh, more I mean it's, it's, it's pretty similar to how the Crystal Cups are done but it's it's more well I, I like the second deck inclusion for a start I think I think even after all of all of that, the top eight uh, of the Crystal Cup still feels a bit a bit weird with the best of three one deck. It kind of feel you know it kind of has to be best of three just so you don't like you know go eleven one like you did Josh and then I don't know draw crap and get banged. But <laughs> yeah, that would be a bit sad. Yeah, but at the same time, like it still feels I know once you get to top eight, it still feels a bit. It feels a bit weird to me after 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 all that with the draft and stuff, just to go back with one deck constructed best of three. What 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 do you think of the uh, the way the Japan Cup format was, and if you think if we, it could be implemented in in uh, European tournaments, would you like that? I would definitely like that. That looked like almost the perfect format. Mm. Rob, what about you? Like just perfect. I thought the format's really cool to be. Cool. Would anyone like to add anything, Rob? I was hoping you would maybe just say something a bit more than it was really cool. <laughs> well, why yeah, is it pretty cool for that? You know, it's better. It's it pretty cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alex. I'm sorry, everyone um, at home. Oh, I'm sorry. I, really liked, I liked that they had two. Um, you get two rounds of draft. It's nice because if you get a, a bit screwed in your first round of draft like Tim did. Tim went 0-3 and three in his first round, but then he was able to redeem himself in the second round and go 3-0. That's really nice. Oh, Rather than yeah. having the higher draft portion of the tournament hinge on one draft. I thought, actually, to be honest, I thought with this, like, it'd mean that, like, come UK and maybe NA, if they're not still narrow-minded, that you could do other formats as well for different things. So obviously, you know, they had another format where you had like, you had both your main, you had a constructed deck and a title format deck and you played A and then B. Well, obviously not something along those lines, but obviously you could do like the constructed one day, then you play tile the next and you play, I don't know, you play... Pauper. <laughs> Pauper. No, you just play. You I play. Don't have to ever play pauper. Yes, yeah, same. You play, you, I mean, I wouldn't mind playing title format. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, have you played title format I would. before? I would mind playing title. I mean, title format but, looks depressing. I'm going to be honest. I mean, what you play like anything you want and pay anything you want. It looks like you sit down and you die in three turns. Yeah, right, let's not talk about title format. I don't want to talk about title format, Rob. Exactly. Really I'm sorry. 
Wow, well, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was thinking of something else. I apologize. Uh, draft and contract. There you go. What? I don't know why I have you. Oh, oh my god, you make me sad, Rob. <laughs> you, you're sad. Leave me alone, man. Leave me alone, man. Said one thing. Oh no, I don't like this anymore. No, I, I think the format was really good. Did you find that it was? Um, do you feel that it could be condensed into two days? Yeah, that, that was what we were talking about because the way the way they did it for that is obviously a special event uh, to commemorate the uh, the Golden Week in Japan. If anyone doesn't know, the the Emperor retired, and so they have a week long celebration where they crown the new Emperor, and then they did this tournament to to celebrate it. Uh, but yeah, for a uh, for a two day one, uh, I think it might be a bit tight on the timings. But if you you know if you get the timings right and you know, no one goes half an hour into time during one round for any reason. You can definitely do uh, like the the six Swiss round. Like if you want to, if you want to do twelve rounds, you don't have to. You make, it makes the most sense. But you could also do, you could do four and six, like four rounds constructed with. Uh, you could even just do like you could even just do one deck if you wanted to. I'd prefer to, but you could do two rounds with one, two rounds with another, then the six rounds of draft. But the main thing is that you can fit the first draft into day one. And then, so let's say you did the exact same thing. You have top 48 after the six rounds. Then after the first draft, you can just cut that down to top 32, even top 24, and then do do the draft the next day. Because if you're in, if you're in, um, like the last two pods, I think, I'm pretty sure if you're in the last two pods or after the first draft, then there's no way you can make top cut. So I think yeah, going from top 48 and then top 32 on the second day, do another draft. And then cut that down to. I like the top twelve. I think top twelve was good because yeah, of top twelve seemed yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, anything uh, to reward your day one score. Yeah, yeah, seemed good. Um, yeah. yeah, really, the whole thing was good. I think there is definitely, a, as I said, a way to implement it like that because you can do yeah, you can do the, the second day. You do your three rounds. So the dra- drafting generally takes twenty to thirty minutes. You want to give it about thirty minutes to do that. Build the decks. And then the three rounds should take an hour and a half. Uh, hopefully, that's uh, that's about two hours. And then top cut. Say you do. So they did. Uh, they did thirty minutes per game, which is quite an interesting way of doing it, I guess. Just so uh, it definitely keeps to a schedule. No game goes on for fifty minutes. Cause that's a bit silly. Uh, so let's say you give it yeah an hour and a half per top cut game. You're probably done by. I don't know, I want to say seven o'clock. And that seems a pretty fair way to do it. So I think, yeah, it, if it's a really nice format. There's definitely ways you can implement it. There's definitely you can you can change it around. It doesn't have to be the way it is. It's just nice to test so many skills, so many aspects of deck building, gameplay, and uh, yeah. I mean, for someone like me, it, it's just the, the challenge is what's is what's exciting. You know, having to really think about it and and earn earn the victories. I feel like in just you know, best of one Swiss with one deck than a than a knockout. It's you're not really testing your your mind as much. And I know. Whoa, you're trying to say that a top thirty two cut into more constructive was challenging to the mind. I think it is. That's a draft. Well, everything's not... challenging for Europe now. That's horrible. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I also as well think that moving on to draft after doing the constructed, like doing like ten rounds of constructed best one with like the same deck room with two decks can be a bit draining. But moving on to draft, although you're still going to be tired, like it's kind of exciting. It's refreshing. Moving on to something, it's refreshing. So you kind of your mind snaps back into action and you can you can keep going with it. So yeah, basically that that was a really long way of me saying 
uh, I think it was really good, and uh, I would like to see, I would like to see more of that. Um, hopefully this year in something. Um, but yeah, if not, it's a good way to. Uh, it could be Euros. That that is a, that is a sick way to do Euros. I won't. I won't. Lie to uh, I, I think that would be really cool for Euros. To be fair, because you still you still go along the whole two deck format, and then you got the double draft for day two for, let's say whoever makes the day two cut, and then you've got the remaining twelve players or whoever um, plays. Because obviously, I don't know. Maybe you do like eight rounds. You play four of one deck, four in the other deck, and then obviously day two you could do the draft. That way, obviously, you don't have to squeeze everything into one day. Then you can do the draft. Then you do the Then the last remaining rounds would obviously be the same as how Euros has been, where you do your um, decks, and obviously they could do top twelve to reward top four players. So I think that would be. I, I think if someone just goes twelve zero, they should just qualify for Worlds. Like, I'd be cool with that. You know, <laughs> just go twelve zero qualify for. Like the the best record from from the Japan Cup was ten two. So I actually think going 12-0 is pretty insane. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. It's be rewarded, but yeah. 12-0 like just gives you instant access to the finals or something, I don't know. Then they take, like... That's the platinum trophy for Euros. If you 12-0, yeah. you get a little platinum trophy. Because, <laughs> like, like cause I think that's one of the things that this game, well, doesn't need, but does need. It's, like, just rewarding you for doing really well, like, day one. Because I know they were doing that before, like, in, like, the Grand Opens. Or, yes, buy yeah. for the XO. That was yeah. really nice. Yeah, but not... actually get incentive because unlike in an A Crystal Cup where you can actually just be four zero and go AFK. AFK, AFK, just leave the venue. Why should you stay? You get to go play a winner box tournament. Yeah, no, no, the thing is, you want to go X three because X three has a hundred percent success rate of knocking out the X O. It's true. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like I just feel like yeah, going X O and. He's like, I'm X3, I don't have to try anymore. Exactly. It's like, who am I going to play against? What's that? Undefeated? You're going to be defeated now? Yeah, but you have to lose eventually, right? <laughs> exactly. That's the best way. Oh, what's that? You're undefeated. Oh, not anymore. Uh-huh. Like, like, I feel like you could just literally take Andreas's deck, go X4, leave the tournament, <laughs> and then come back and just like, refresh, got new blood. Yeah, Try, try to speed run a crystal cup. <laughs> <laughs> Here we stop playing to save time. We come, we'll come back. Game time for the speed run. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I just tried to think because it goes to best of three. Like, I wonder how many actual. I I think you'd actually like finish all your games. I think it'd be like forty-five minutes. Then you could just be done with like, all games if you and you got to the finals, like forty-five minutes altogether. I'd watch that speed run. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch. Yeah, like he just wears like a GoPro cam the entire time. Then you just make a, you make a small video like speed run water cup or whatever cup. You... Oh, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> That's actually something that needs to be done now. Speed run a cup. Yeah. Thanks for that, Rob. That was a sick idea. Oh, that's, that feels like the most important thing to the podcast. You know what? I think someone should, someone should just try and do that for... You know what? I'll buy a GoPro cam and he can do that for like the last qualifier. <laughs> and just see if he can speed run the last qualifier. <sighs> Alright. Yep. If anyone wants to do that, that's cool. You get, our, you get Rob's official support. Yeah, definitely. Probably definitely. buy you the GoPro. No I'll get you a GoPro. Put it on your head. Speed run a tournament. As soon as you lose, I'm taking my GoPro back, though. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> that's the tunnel to get the GoPro. Yeah, if you XO, you get to keep the GoPro. If you don't, no, no, it, no, it doesn't work in the UK. Oh, no, it only works in America. Alright, <laughs> uh, so any, any person in America that's listening out, if you get yourself a GoPro, just try to speed run your tournament. Yeah, just go Man, I was Pardon? really enjoying this podcast until these last five minutes where Rob just started talking absolute bin. <laughs> Oh, Been, you know. Idea yeah, <laughs> yeah speedrun, man. Speed you may get into the like Guinness World Records, you know. Like literally, Andreas is the only person still listening to this podcast. So. <laughs> interested. It's interesting. Exactly, yeah. It's like, oh, is it? Speedrun. I think I could do that. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is funny. All right, that pretty much wraps it up you know when rob just starts talking about absolute air that it's probably time to wrap uh, up. So, uh, this is... <laughs> yeah i got a question for you guys at home this this week uh, if anyone's actually managed to make it this far through rob's noise uh yeah wow. what would your ideal format for a tournament be do you like the way the japan cup was done do you do you even like the way the na crystal cup is is done you know no 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 prejudice here um and no you play in your deck as well in which case you can uh keep your opinion mate um it's true I don't think those people have opinions. I thought they'd just ruled. <laughs> I mean, I mean, rule is like is water, right? Like, yeah. Oh, that's why they play water. I see. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, enough, enough BMing the uh, yeah, the Minwoo players. They 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 do that enough themselves. Anyway, yeah, that question. What would your ideal format be? Leave it in the, uh, the comments wherever. If anyone else is still even here, I'm not even sure. But yeah. Anyway, thank Probably you very not. much for uh, for JFB for joining up, joining me and Rob this week. Thank you, Rob, of Pleasure. course, for uh, just just being background noise. You're welcome. Um, yeah, appreciate it. I really feel like this does not feel lonely, you know. Yeah, it makes me just feel so much more intelligent when I'm in a conversation with Rob. It's it's it's, it's actually You're really welcome. nice. You're such a good friend. Thank you, Rob. I know. I tried to do my best. Can you just wrap this up, please? Yeah, right. Okay. See that that's the answer to this week. What's the best format for a Crystal Cup? The speed run format. <laughs> speed run. Yes. If you like the speed run format, let us know that as well. See, we really answered we'll, the question. We'll we'll, we'll 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 let the right people know that people. Like people right. Trying to wrap this up now. <laughs> <laughs> No, I need to stop this podcast. He's just going to cut it off now. No goodbyes. All right. Say goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And goodbye from me, guys. Take care. Stay cool. Thanks for watching. They Thanks were listening, watching. not Thanks watching. Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. See you later, guys. <laughs>